Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I want to read today um, uh, and talk about uh, being hooked, talk about breaking addiction, talk about breaking free from sin. It was really on my heart to do a podcast like this, so this one might be uh, a little heavier, but it's going to be an encouraging podcast as well, because I know there's many people, you know, you go through life and uh, the devil tries to get people messed up. So if he can't get you to renounce Jesus Christ, which most people listening to a podcast like this aren't going to deny you know, who Jesus is, you're not going to backslide and become an atheist in, the, in that way. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, I think I'm just going to go do some drugs, right? You're, you're, you're serving the Lord. He'll try to get you hooked and get you caught up in a sin because the, the devil understands something that sin hardens people's hearts. Sin, for the believer, hardens the heart towards the Lord. The Bible says those who are often reproved harden their, you know, they, they, they'll harden their heart and then they'll, they'll basically be without remedy. And so many people get to a place that because of sin, they allow sin in their life, that slowly, slowly, slowly they drift away from the Lord. So the devil would love nothing more than to take someone who loves the Lord and get them stuck in a sin and unable to break free. And then over three, four, five years, or however long it is, even sometimes less, pull people away from the things of God. So I want to talk to you about that and then about how to break it. You know, there's a time in my life when I was a teenager where I was struggling with addiction um, and, and just dealing with this uh, dealing with this thing that I didn't really know how to beat, but the Lord really helped me. So I want to read from Romans 7, because this is really what it, <laughs> what it felt like to me. Now, this is Paul talking about before being born again. But the Bible says, don't allow sin to reign in your members that it could have rule over you. So even though we've been born again and the power of sin has been broken, if if you submit yourself, the Bible says in Romans 6, if you submit yourself again to sin, that it can rule over you. So you have to make a decision to stop letting sin rule, rule over you. So I'm going to read Romans 7. This, you know, when I was younger, this uh, resonated with me so much because this is how I felt. And it says here, um, let me read uh, verse, here it is, verse 9. At one time I lived without understanding the laws. Let me read verse 8. But sin used this commandment, which is you must not covet, to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. That's the sin nature it's talking about. If there were no law, sin would not have had that power. At one time I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life. And I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. But still, the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy and right and good. But how can that be? Did the law, which is good, cause death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. Verse 14, Romans seven fourteen. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that, I, that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. 
But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me. There is at war another law within me that is at war with my mind. This power, this law, makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Here's Paul's talking about before he was born again. That as someone who served under the Jewish tradition, there was, you know, the commandments. And you and you want to do that. You love the Lord. But then there's this force, this law living on the inside of you that when it sees that, it's it's its goal and its aim is to is to head towards what displeases God. And that's why the problem with the earth isn't isn't what people have done, it isn't their sins, it's the nature of sin that man is born under. When Adam sinned, he put a curse on the human race and man became sinful. You know, a child is born under sin. My son when he was born and my next boy when he'll be born here will be born under sin. So although there's an age of accountability and all that stuff, there's still a nature that's on the in, that, that's on the inside of them that that they have to get born again. Just because you're born into a family of Christians doesn't make you a Christian. So you're not. No one's born a Christian. Jesus is the only one who is born a Christian. <laughs> We're born again, and so there's this law that draws us. But it says here, um, "Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death?" Verse twenty-five. Thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So salvation is that God takes that sinful nature out. But then Romans 6, it says, don't allow sin. Um, It says Romans 6, 1. If you go back a chapter, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we were joined in his death? And so it says, do not submit yourselves under the power of sin. And so this is really up to us. Now, there's keys here. So I want to talk about this. I want to say, number one, the key, the strength to sin is secrecy. The strength to sin and addiction is secrecy. You have to bring things to the light. The devil loves to fight in the dark. You know, the devil comes with shame. And then he says, what you've done is shameful. What you've done is wrong. Uh, what are people going to think? And then the fear of man brings a snare. If if you've been fighting, you can tell if you've been fighting something and trying to fight it, and it's been six months, four months, and you still can't overcome it. It's because you've kept it secret. the The strength of sin is secrecy. The strength of addiction is in its secrecy. You may have done something that's shameful, but you have to be able to bring it out because because you can't allow this. You know, there's people who've been taken out. You know, they start and they have a whatever happens. You know, they decide I'm going to try this. Uh, I'm going to try this. 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 Uh, hey, just take this, man. You'll feel awesome. And they try something, and it's a drug. And then all of a sudden, someone who's like a worship leader realized, man, I've tried drugs. What you know, in a moment of weakness, tried something based on a recommendation of a friend. And then they get hooked. And then they don't ever want to bring it to the light because there's too much to lose. You know, I'm a worship leader. What are people going to think? You know, it's it's. And then people, 
People keep things in the dark that ultimately take them out. There's people who've been taken out of not even just God's plan for their life, but taken out of the kingdom of God because of sin. So number one is you have to bring it to the light. You have to find accountability. You know, I've had people message me on Instagram from this podcast and say, hey, I need to be accountable. Can you help me? It'd be better if you have a pastor. Now, if you go to the river and I'm one of the pastors there, then, you know, I'm, I'm happy uh, to talk. If you're a female, my wife's available. But um, uh, having someone that you can bring it to and expose it, the devil doesn't want to fight in the light. He wants to fight in the dark. So, so bringing it to the light, the Bible says in James, uh, the James, James chapter, I think it's five. Yeah. James five sixteen. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. This doesn't mean you have to go tell everybody, but you find somebody that you can be accountable to and you can bring it to the light. Let me move on here. Number two is how do you overcome sin? How do you get unhooked? Number two is the word of God. And the most important is that once it's been brought to the light, the way you fight it is with the word. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Verse 11, Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Putting the word of God, memorizing scripture, putting the word of God into your heart uh, gives you something that repels you from sin. It makes it that you won't desire sin. The word of God cleanses you from unrighteousness. So that when you put the word of God in your heart and you spend time in the word and you memorize scripture and you really press into the word, it's going to make it that you're going to be repelled from sin. You know, you'll get to the place where you love righteousness. There's a scripture verse in Hebrews 11 that I really like. Uh, Hebrews, excuse me, Hebrews 13 verse 18. And it says, pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. There's people, and sometimes it's young people, but there's people that they've drifted away from that and they're no longer willing to live honestly. They want to have a secret life. They want to have something on the side. There's a part of them that says, I'm not willing to give this up. It's too fun. It's too enjoyable. I have to keep this. I wonder how long this can last. And and it's actually a seared conscience. And so you have to be able to, in, in repentance, come to God and just get face to face with God and say, God, I'm sorry, I know this is displeasing to you. So if it's displeasing to you, I'm not letting it stay in my life. Lord, in all things, I'm willing to live honestly. Help me to overcome this thing. And so that's number number two is hide the word of God in your heart. And then number three, uh, figure out your identity. Second Corinthians 5.17, and really the key identity is righteousness. You are righteous. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, Old things have passed away, all things are become new, and all things are of God. And then in verse 21, it says, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Having that as your identity, when you put that in your heart, you know, it makes it that you that you begin to see yourself differently. Sin is below you. Sin is repulsive. You know, you know you'll have a time where you'll look back and you'll say, I can't believe I allowed that in my life. You know, you get around the things of God, you get into the presence of God. I can't believe I allowed that sin to remain in my life. I can't believe I even did that. What was I thinking? Because God purifies you and then you see yourself differently. I'm I'm holy. What am I doing with that nonsense? It's like for me, if you if you guys found out that I was at a bar, can you imagine me at a bar like you walk in and there I am drinking uh, liquor? You, it it's so far from what people would expect because it's so far from my life. I don't even I don't even have alcohol in my ingredients. 
I threw a teriyaki sauce out of my fridge yesterday because I looked at the ingredients and one of the ingredients was it's this Japanese brand and they put sake in it. And I looked at the, I looked at the, I read labels for health and I saw it. And so I threw it away. <laughs> it, I know it's cooked out, you know, whatever, but it's just my standard. I, so uh, it's so far. And that's what it is. You're righteous. You're not called to live in sin. You're not called to have anything hidden in your life. You're called to live a clean and pure life. And I want to tell you, other people have may, to, may have told you, oh, you know, we all sin every day, but you can live a clean and pure life. You can live a life untainted by the arm of the flesh and untainted by, by sin. So bring it to the light. Number two is hide the word of God in your heart. Number three is know your identity, put the word of God concerning your identity. And then two other verses I want to read to you. And it says, you have to understand this, that that there's always a way of escape. The Lord always provides a way of escape. It says this here in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Anytime a temptation comes, there's a way of escape. And so keep an eye out for the way of escape. Always a way out. And then I want to read Romans 13, 14. I'm going to finish on one last thought. And it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The Lord really used this scripture for me when I was, um, before I was dating Krista about setting up the right boundaries for dating. And so this says, make no provision for the flesh. And the word provision the, if you're looking at the roots of words, pro means for and then vision. So it's something that's for a, the vision that's ahead. It's what's what's coming up. And so if we're going to go camping, we get our provisions together because it's what's going to provide for us for the days to come, right? So you make a provision for the flesh means to put yourself in a place where you have to exercise self-control. Some people struggle with sin, listen to me, simply because you don't set boundaries ar- around your life. You should have boundaries. I have boundaries in my life. I have boundaries in my life. If someone reaches out to me on Instagram, if you're a guy, I'll respond. If you're if you're a lady, it depends on the subject. But nine times out of ten, I don't respond. Or if I do, it'll be one word. If someone's asked for information, I'm not engaging in long conversations with with females on Instagram. Why? I have to protect myself. I have to protect my marriage. I have to protect what it looks like. I have to abstain from all appearance of evil. I've set up boundaries. There's things that I do. When we were dating, we set up boundaries so that we wouldn't fall into sin. I I didn't want to ever put us in a place where we had to exercise self-control. So there's some people that are dealing with, with addiction. They're dealing with, and then they put themselves around stuff that leads to that. You have to begin to ask if you're dealing with a lust issue, if you're dealing with pornography, What are the steps that lead up to it? What is the common denominator? Is it always after 10 o'clock at night? Then, okay, I'm going to put parental guards on my phone, you know, and I'm going to make it that I can't use the internet after 10 o'clock at night. You know, you have to get where you protect yourself, where you make it difficult to be in that situation. If If it's when you hang out with certain friends that you always get into these certain situations, you have to get real and say, I... Maybe it's for the next two years, but I'm not doing it. If you have to go from a smartphone to a dumb phone for the next year, I'm serious. There's people today listening that need to not have a smartphone anymore. And I know that's how you probably listen to this podcast, but it's, 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 it's not only robbing from you, but it's leading you down a path that you don't want to find what's at the end of that path. And so people treat sin too lightly, but there comes a point where you have to realize I've got an open door to the devil. And I'm not willing. If I'm going to do anything, 
you know, what if I told you that Jesus was coming back in a week? Could you live a pure and holy life for one week? You you have to treat it like that. I'm chopping the devil's, this, this dragon's head off. And you set up the right boundaries for your life so that, so that sin doesn't have control over you. Stop letting sin rule your life. People compare themselves to the culture. Oh, everyone deals with something. I don't. Come look at me. I don't. And, you, and as a born-again believer, you're not called to deal with sin your whole life. The greatest, I heard a man of God say, the first and greatest victory that you win is the victory over self and sin. Today's the day. Lift your hands all over this place, especially, especially if you've been dealing with a stronghold. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to curse it right now. There's going to be, anointing is going to be released to break that stronghold. And then the Lord's going to speak to you about specific things to do. Father, I pray for your people listening. Lord, anyone who's hooked, anyone who's stuck in an ungodly addiction, Father, the power of that addiction, that foul obsession, Lord, the, the, the demon spirit behind that, that's keeping people locked and linked to that addiction. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out in Jesus' name. Listen, I break your power in the name of Jesus. I command you in Jesus' name to loose God's people in the name of Jesus. Never again. Now, Lord, I thank you for grace. Lord, grace them. Grace them to chop the head off this dragon. Grace them to win their victory. Grace them, Lord. Show them even the changes to make today in Jesus' mighty name. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.